you were singing that song as if you really believed it. That indeed the grave is empty. Death has no hold over us because the grave is empty. And you did such a marvelous job of that. And my prayer is, is that if you're here this morning and you haven't experienced the risen Lord, that you'd come to the realization that it's Jesus that we celebrate this morning and that literally billions of people around the world today are proclaiming him risen from the dead. And that we ourselves need to take that to heart as individuals, not just collectively around the world, but individually we must take that must take that to heart. And I just sense this morning that Jesus is in the house. That Jesus is here today. And that Jesus is well pleased with his, with his disciples today. Before I kind of get wound up more than I already am, just wanted to read a note to you. This comes from the DeGrosier family, uh, Anne and Andy. Um, and this morning, just from their family, Jersey family would like to send our, out our heartfelt thanks to everyone in our church family for their prayers, hugs, messages, flowers, meals, and for just being a part of the celebration of Christine's life in person or online. We're so blessed to have such a wonderful church family. Special thank you to the people that helped with the service. You really stepped up to help us in our hours of need, and we're so thankful. Thank you all for your much-needed ongoing prayers as we journey through this. We love you this morning. They're here today, and we just want to continue to remember them in our prayers. Remember that God is near, and that what a wonderful celebration of life that you helped us come together for. Jesus was honored. Jesus was lifted up. Christine's life and the life that you helped her to lead, showing her the way to Jesus, we celebrated that together. And what I've seen recently, over 1,900 people have viewed that online service. Close to 700 people were here for that service. So bless Jesus, bless um, your family. Today is about Jesus. We've been singing about him. We've been talking about him. We love Jesus. Our mission as a church is to know Christ or to know Jesus and to make his love known. That's why we exist. Anything else is window dressing. Anything else is just fluff. But we want to know Jesus. So why don't we read the story? You heard a little bit about it this morning. I want to read from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. It'll be on the screen behind me, and if you have your devices or you have your Bible open, you can turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook, and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. 
Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Father, this is your word. May it penetrate our hearts. May we see Jesus and nothing else. May we see him high and lifted up. May we see the tomb empty today for what it means to heavenly work, but also what it means to earthly work. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' resurrection is the focal point of a Christian faith. We've been talking about the fact that, that God will make a way. We talked about some different stories. We talked about um, last Sunday, we talked about uh, Jesus coming in as he rode on the, on the donkey on Palm Sunday. This Sunday, we're t- I've been thinking about that last night, and I'm sweating bullets up here. No, not really. Because you know why? This day isn't about me. It's not about a choir. It's not about all the work that's gone into this day, all the things that have happened today already. It's about Jesus Christ, him, high and lifted up. He is the main character, and he always will be, and we want to promote that with our very being. We celebrate the hope of the resurrection. The resurrection isn't just a story that's to sit on a shelf that's from 2,000 years ago. It has meaning and power and hope for us today that those who have died as young as they may be would rise again. Our moms and our dads, those individuals that have gone on before us, would have a great hope. And those that are left behind would know that we have a great hope, that we will see our loved ones again. This hope ought to radically change the way that we live our lives. The culture has a way of pushing us and molding us and shaping us into the way that they want us to go. But followers of Jesus Christ proclaim him high and lifted up, and to him we follow, and to the beat of that drum is who we follow. It should change our lives. It should give us hope for even the most broken of lives. In this congregation are those who have had lives that have been broken, and Jesus comes along in the way that he does, and he begins to put the pieces together. We talked about that a couple Sundays ago when we saw, we spoke about Elijah as he looked out on the field of dry, the, the, the valley of dry bones. Some of us have had dry bones. Some of us here this morning have dry bones. And God wants to say, I want to let those lives, those bones live again. In Holy Week, we remember that God suffers and he works with us. He works in us and he works through us. He brings us good out of evil. He brings healing out of pain. New life from death and hope in the most difficult of circumstances. And sometimes we wonder, oh God, how is it possible that you can do anything out of this? And God says, I want to point you towards the empty tomb. And out of that empty tomb, I want to say that there can be life. And in the midst of your pain and in the midst of the struggle that you face, I want you to know even in the midst of what it is that you're going through, that there's hope. And that out of that, even that, I can bring something miraculous. Historians gathered together a few years ago, several years ago, with Time magazine, and they made a list of what they considered to be a hundred of the most significant events in the history 
of the world. And they were discussing things like the discovery of America, the invention of the airplane, nuclear fusion, the first printing press. Number four on the list of the most significant historical events was the life of Jesus. Interesting. I would have put him much higher. I would have put him as number one. But you know, when they did that, they, they forgot the most important part. They put the life of Jesus. Now, if Jesus had, had come and lived and then died like everybody else, that, that probably would be about the best that we could say about our Savior, Jesus Christ. But I'm here to say that he ought to be number one because he wasn't just alive. He was dead, and then he came back to life again. That's what makes him special. There have been many great teachers, good teachers, moral philosophers, and other religious martyrs who have graced the world down through the centuries. But what makes Jesus different is that not only did he die on the cross, but he came back to life. And no one has ever done that before. And that's what makes this the most significant event in the history, because it's never been done again. It's the first. It's an original. And to date, it's still an absolute one-off. Have you ever seen this? This was a, uh, some graffiti that was done and captured Confucius' tomb occupied. Buddha's tomb, dot, 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 occupied. Muhammad's tomb, dot, 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 occupied. Lenin's tomb, occupied. And my friends, Jesus' tomb, empty. And the world, as a consequence of this empty tomb, has never been the same again. History revolves around this one unique, amazing event. It is life-changing. It is world-changing. The one point of the sermon is this. And don't think we're just going to do one point. But we'll come back to it a few times. I will get you out by lunchtime. Your lunch may be different than mine, but we'll get you there. It says this, the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus to come out, but to let us in. Not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. In the gospel accounts of that first Easter Sunday morning, we read that the women who lingered at the cross after the disciples had ran away went to the tomb at dawn. I often wonder what their intentions were to come to the tomb. Perhaps they just wanted to be close to Jesus. When people pass away, we just want to be close somehow. Sometimes we go back and we visit the grave. Sometimes we, we, we want to go there and just talk, just to try to get some things off of our chest. We just want to be near them. And they went there to grieve and they mourn, and, and to mourn. A feeling, of many, a, a feeling that many of us understand. They did believe that Jesus was dead. They saw him on the cross. They saw him with their own eyes as they took Jesus down off the cross. But it seems quite remarkable to me that the women didn't believe Jesus would rise from the dead. Because when they went there, they were shocked by what they heard. They were shocked. But while the women wondered why the stone had been rolled away, two angels appeared to them and said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember what he told you. Stone was rolled away, not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. And this morning could very well be that there's some here this morning that need to be let in. You need to understand again afresh why it was that Jesus was, has risen from the dead. 
Of course, there are always those who, who doubt the resurrection ever took place. There's some theories about this, and perhaps if you, you studied Christianity, you would, you would have heard of some of these theories. The first one is, is that, that Jesus merely swooned and he went into a coma. He really wasn't dead. They, they, they took him, they, they, they took him to the, to, the, to the tomb, and they put the stone across in front of that, and then he re- basically revived himself under the weight of the 75 pounds of uh, uh, anointing that he had on him, the incense, all those things had been prepared for burial, and that he just miraculously came to life um, in there, which he did eventually, as you'll hear the story. But that he was never really dead. He was just sort of... If you read the Good Friday account and take a look at all that happened to Jesus, most likely he was near death long before he ever got to the cross. And then to endure being on the cross for the hours that he was there, it's hard to imagine that you could come away thinking that Jesus was just in a coma. It's, not, it's unbelievable. The reality is, is that when Jesus came down off the cross, he was, he was dead. Those soldiers wouldn't take the chance of pulling down a still-surviving prisoner off the cross. That's just not one of the things that they would do. So I think we can, I think logically, hopefully, you can begin to move that one to the side. Another popular theory is suggested that the disciples stole the body. However, you need to recognize that the Roman soldiers, some of the most vicious and ruthless soldiers of the world that the world has ever seen, were keeping watch on the tomb. And for them, failure to make sure that Jesus is where he was supposed to be would mean certain death for them. It would have been a miracle in and of itself of of the demoralized disciples. Where were they when Jesus was dying on the cross? They weren't even around. Why on earth would they go and try to steal the body? That's not going to happen. So it's it's almost unbelievable, very much unbelievable, that they would go and they'd overpower the elite soldiers of the ancient world. The the, the authorities knew that Jesus had said that he was going to rise again from the dead. But they couldn't produce a body. If they could, they, were, they would quickly be able to put to sleep all of those conversations, the rumors about him, that, that Jesus indeed was, was dead. They should have been able to produce his body. And those disciples who des- deserted Jesus to save their own skins later were so transformed by their experience in the weeks after Easter that they themselves were willing to be put to death themselves because of what Jesus had meant to them and the fact that they indeed had seen the risen Jesus. It just doesn't add up. Would you die for a lie? I, I'd die for a lot of things. I, I, I'd, I'd die for my family. I'd die for my faith. I'd die for my integrity, but I wouldn't die for a lie. I just wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? I believe that the resurrection could not have been maintained for a single day, for a single week, for a single hour, if the emptiness of the tomb had not been established as a fact for all of those that were concerned. History is littered with politicians, religious leaders, academics, researchers, lawyers, detectives, who have all attempted to establish that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Yet their conclusions, however, disagreeable to them, and sometimes to us, state that only a resurrection from the dead can adequately explain the phenomenon that they were investigating. The former Lord Chief Justice, the British system said this, Lord Darling, said of the resurrection, in its favor, 
as living truth, there exists such overwhelming evidence, positive and negative, factual and circumstantial, that no intellectual jury in the world could fail to bring a verdict that the resurrection story is true. The evidence is overwhelming. The empty tomb may be difficult to understand. It may exhaust our imagination and push our ability to reason to a breaking point. But that's no reason for us to not believe in it. And at what point to a God who cares so much that he entered the world and shows us a better way to live? The stone was rolled away, not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. Singer Lionel Richie, in his younger days, was a star tennis player, accepted a scholarship to go on to, uh, to a college. Richie also, I don't know that you know this or not, was uh, seriously considering studying divinity to become a, a priest in the Episcopal Church. He was a talented musician, as many of you would know. I'm not going to sing anything, just so if you're wondering. <clears throat> he ultimately decided he wasn't cut out to be a sportsman or a priest, but he went into music. And in that career, he sold 90 million records and he became a successful um, recording artist, a multi-million dollar person over and over. He was interviewed where he was explaining that he, he came from a very poor background, but started to make money out of his singing. One time, it was his father's birthday, and he gave his father this huge present. I've done this to my kids, and it never, didn't have the same result. Just trust me. He had a big present, and he gave it to his dad, and his dad was super excited to have this big present from his son, Lionel. And as he took off the wrapping paper, he found that there was more wrapping paper inside, just box wrap, unwrap that, went to a smaller box, smaller box, smaller box. And then he took off another layer, and then finally he got down to this little package, and, and Lionel said he looked at his dad, and he just said, he just looked so down, downcast because he thought he was getting this big thing. His father said, um, let's see, I, I lost myself in the story. I get so excited, I don't want to give you the punchline before I get there. So this comes down, there's this tiny little piece of paper. And on the piece of paper, it says, all debts are paid. All debts are paid. And his father said, what, you've paid my credit card debt? He said, yeah, Dad, I paid your credit card debt. Well, what about the car? He said, well, yeah, Dad, I, I paid off the debt for the car too. His father said, well, what about the mortgage? He said, yeah, Dad, I've paid off your mortgage too. Can you imagine that? All debts paid. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He paid all of our debts. It says in John 8, 32, as Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. All your debts. That's what it means to come to the empty tomb. Not so that Jesus could come out, but so that we could go in, we could be a part of him. We could be a part of his life, that we could be free. The stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. Now, you may be a, a bit skeptical about Jesus' resurrection, but, but one thing we can't deny is the existence that many Christians down through the centuries and about 200, uh, 2 billion people in the world today celebrate the rising from the dead of those who, who remember and pay testament to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. But some people don't want to believe because Jesus rising from the dead means that if that happened, that they have to change the way that they live now. And that's almost frightening to them. 
Philip Yancey, great writer, has said this. In many respects, I find an unresurrected Jesus easier to accept. Easter makes him dangerous. Because of Easter, I have to live, listen to his extravagant claims and can no longer pick and choose what he says. Moreover, Easter means he must be loose out there somewhere. And if Jesus is loose out there somewhere, then we have a responsibility to go and look for him, don't we? But it's not a game of hide and seek. He's in wide open view for us to come to him. God doesn't hide so that we have to look for him in some obscure place. He isn't so concealed that we can't find him. He reveals himself through Jesus. You want to know who God is? You want to know your way home? Find Jesus. Follow Jesus with everything that you are. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. The culture will try to push you and squeeze you into its mold. Do not follow after Jesus and you're in good stead. The stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. Strange and dangerous things happen when we follow Jesus. Our lives are never the same again. Luke writes, I'm coming to a close here very shortly. I know lunch is coming. Strange and dangerous things happen when we follow Jesus. Our lives are never the same again. Luke writes that the women, having heard the words of the angel, he is not here, he is risen, ran to tell the disciples who were confused, angry, fearful, and hiding away. They didn't believe what they heard, but went to look for him themselves. A bit like some of us this morning who may not believe what you've heard. You may want to start looking for yourselves. Maybe for some of us this morning, it's been a long time since we came to the empty tomb. Maybe as a kid it was that we had that wonder and that awe about the empty tomb and somehow we've, we've moved away from that and the empty tomb is something of a distant memory. But this morning I could sense that in this place God was moving and if our hearts were open we would be able to receive what it is that he would want to say to us today about the empty tomb. He didn't, we, the tomb wasn't open so he could come out, it was so that we could go in. And maybe that God spoke to you today. That still small voice that won't go away or that sound of silence that deafens. And perhaps today, this Easter, there have been several Easter's over my career as a pastor where I have seen where people have said yes to Jesus on Easter morning. It's a remarkable thing. Perhaps it's time for you to start trusting and believing in a God who has the power to change lives. Perhaps it's time for you to start taking your faith more seriously. There's a time coming. I don't think it's too far off in the distance when we're all going to be called home. And it's, it's up to us to be ready to take our faith seriously. Perhaps there's that niggling doubt in your mind that Jesus could be right. He could be wrong, but you're not sure. Is Jesus really the only way to God? Can the very little I know about him be true? Heaven isn't something that you earn. It's a gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 23. The way to heaven is to humble yourself as a little child and, and to acknowledge you cannot do enough good things to get to heaven. 
You can never make it to heaven on your own. You cannot buy a glorified supernatural body. Lord wants to give it to you free by his grace and through faith. Life on earth is fragile. It can be gone in a moment. It's uncertain. But we have a Savior who died for our sins according to the scriptures, was dead and buried according to the scriptures, and then he rose again according to the scriptures. And by the grace of God, we await that wonderful day when we'll be raised incorruptible and given a new supernatural body made by Christ. This will not be a hard thing for God to do. The Bible says, why should any of us, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises, raises uh, the dead? This morning, we know Jesus who was raised from the dead. We have a, a special gift this morning for anyone that would like it. When you open up your New Testament, you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when they write the Gospels, which is the good news, when they're talking about Jesus, those three guys pretty much write very similarly. Some of the stories are a little bit different, and as you read it, you'll notice that. John has a bit of a different perspective. So if you, if you have four different witnesses and they're observing something, John, he sees it and he writes just a little bit differently. But they all are writing about the life of Jesus. And if you read them through, it's just a wonderful way to read that. But if you would like to know the life of Jesus from the time he was born, right straight through his life, this book that we have this morning is being made as a gift to you. And those of you who are joining us online, if you just want to uh, email us, info at arlingtonwoods.ca, be happy to send this to you. So we would do that for you. If you would like this book, what this book does, it tells the story of Jesus from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. And it just harmonizes it to make it a little bit easier to read his life from beginning to end. So I want to give this to you as a gift. If you can use this, great. If you can't use it, then just, just leave it back there. If you know of someone that could use this, then take one and give it to them. Um, it's, it's just a, a great way to, great devotional. It's a great opportunity to know who Jesus is because that's who we're talking about this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And those are available to you, those books, as you exit the back. They'll be made available to you as well as um, upstairs on your way out the door up there as well. Let's pray. Father, what an amazing day. I can hardly imagine what it would be like to be in heaven today as you look down, you see your kids, they're running all over, and they are just lifting up the name of Jesus, your son. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ is no longer in the tomb, and then when he came out, it was so that we could come in, so that we could have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that there wouldn't be anybody that's here this morning or anybody that's viewing this, joining us online, whenever they see this, that would ever have to wonder whether they have a relationship with you, but that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. If we accept him into our life, that you make us new, you make us whole. You forgive us of our sin because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he took our sin. And we thank you for that this morning. Hallelujah to Jesus Hallelujah to our God who sets us free. And we're thankful that we're able to proclaim that today, that Jesus is risen.
Oh, help me out. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.